disturbing chapter. <clears throat> kind of goes against the teaching that <clears throat> God is some all-accepting uh, God that <clears throat> accepts everything and uh, would, would not dare <clears throat> judge anyone. We see the powerful judgment start here uh, in chapter 6, and <clears throat> I hope I can explain it well enough that you can understand. The, the uh, outline for this is, is very simple. You're just going to have six uh, Roman numerals, and one through six, and it's going to be the first six seals uh, of, uh <clears throat> that, that are open. We'll find that. Uh, those six seals are open. The seventh seal will not be open until later on in chapter 8. Uh, chapter 7 is an interlude where it's going to be talking about the 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will be uh, turned loose on, on the world and, and witnessing. And, uh, <clears throat> but, and then chapter 8 will have the seventh seal, which is open, which then brings the next uh, seven uh, bowls of wrath, and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see that <clears throat> later. But we're going to see the six seals, and so this is the introduction to the tribulation. We, we have seen the heavenly scene in chapter 5, where the Lamb <clears throat> has been shown to be worthy to open up the books. And so it, it is now uh, the Lamb that will uh, open up these, uh, these seals. And so let's just get into this. And Verses 1 and 2, we'll see the first seal. Verses 3 and 4, we'll see the second seal, and, and, and so on. <clears throat> but verses 1 and 2, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts, saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And... So now we have the first seal. If you, you can picture that um, what we would have is a, is a scroll. You would have it uh, rolled up somewhat like this, and then you would have the seal on that. And, and that seal was put on there by the king, and usually the king then, they would take that seal and put on there, and then he would stamp it with his ring. And it was a seal of his kingdom, and, and that would show that it was authentic. And so that's what we have. We have the scroll, and... We have the seal, and so it's Jesus that opens up the seal and opens up the scroll, and, and we see the first one, and it was as a, were the noise of thunder, and it was a, the noise or a voice of thunder, and it was one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Now, uh, you can go, and, and you'll see in the, in the next ones, we'll, we'll see that they go in order, and doesn't say it here, but you can insinuate because what's said later on in the chapter that this is the first of the four beasts, the lion, and uh, then the other three are mentioned in verse 3, verse 5, and verse 7. And so we see the four beasts, and it's probably the lion that opens this one. And then we see the imperative commands, come and see. I, I find it interesting, but I also find it hopeful. And, and, and we see also the mercy of God in, in that here he is all the way into the tribulation period, and in a, in a time of great wrath, and God is still giving an invitation. 
You know, God's mercy is so uh, um, uh, enormous and, and his love for people and wanting them to turn and wanting them to come to him that even here he's still come and see and, and that, that idea of coming, come to him. And, and I know in this they're going to see what's going to come, but there's still these great invitations that, that our Savior is giving. And he says in verse 2 we see the description of this first seal. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, I, I think you're going to find that these six seals are, are going to be opened up in the, in the first half of the tribulation period. And so this is, that there is somewhat of a time of peace. If you want to, turn back to 1 Thessalonians. I'll just read one verse as... Uh, uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3. <clears throat> and it tells us here, it says, For when they shall say peace and safety, and that is the beginning of the tribulation period, it will be said to have great peace, and, and there will be a great safety, and, <clears throat> and we see that it's all coming in together to a one-world government. You're going to have a, a one-world political system. You're going to have a one-world... Uh, economic system, and you're going to have a one-world church. And so all of those are all going to be coming together to be in this great con uh, conglomerate. And, and for a moment there, it's going to be somewhat peaceful, as it says, peace and safety, but then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And so it, it will start off very peaceful, but it doesn't look like it's going to last very long. And, and we see this six seal, when these six seals are open, we see that it seems to be in the first part, in the first half, the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And what does he see? He sees a white horse. And now as soon as some people read this, they, uh, the white horse takes them then to further over into, the, in, into Revelation, thinking that this may be Jesus. However, this is not Jesus. As a matter of fact, this is the Antichrist that we are going to see on the white horse. Some, some say it might be just a personification of conquest because the other horses are a personification. However, I, I think that they all describe the Antichrist and the system that follows him and and all that follows along with him and, and his reign. But we see that he has a white horse, and, and as he rides this white horse, as he sat on him, he had a bow. Something I find interesting, and, and many others do too, is that usually when you talk about having a bow, you also talk about having arrows. In uh, Psalm 127, you have uh, how it's a blessing to have children, and that, that uh, you're blessed with a quiver full of them, and those children are as, as arrows that are shot out. Well, here we don't see any mention of arrows. And so it, it does seem that as we go into this, and I'll get back to that, just keep that in mind, but he had a bow with no arrows, and he had a crown. And the crown that's mentioned is the same word for uh, Stephen. And so in Acts, we know of, of Stephen, who was uh, one of the first martyrs of the Christian faith, and and uh, we know here that his name also means crown, and it means a, a, uh, 
uh, a victor's, uh, victor's crown. It doesn't mean a kingly crown, but it means a victor's crown. And so uh, like a, a king that has gone out and, and, and fought another country and won, and so he gives, he's given a crown because he's a victor. And we know that Christ, the crown that Jesus Christ has, he has many of them, and they're the crowns of a king. Now, this isn't the crown of a king. This is the crown of a victor. And so he is riding on a, on a horse, and, and, he, and he has a bow with no arrows, and, and, and he's wearing a crown because he has vanquished the enemy. And, and, and it also says here that it was given unto him. We know that Christ's crowns are his own. And here we see that this one was given unto him, and he, the Antichrist, went forth conquering and to conquer and to overcome and to vanquish. And so anyone who is an enemy, then he is going to start conquering all of them. Now, it is said, though, that because he didn't have any arrows with his bow, that he may be able to go in and conquer these other countries without there being any war at the very moment. And so you, you think about that today, and and you think about the... As we know, as we lead into the tribulation and, and we get closer to the rapture, which it could be today, and, but there are wars and there are rumors of wars and, and there's much disturbance and there's much going on that's causing so much unrest and, and maybe he is able to go in and conquer these countries without even raising uh, uh, any, any type of uh, uh, fighting at all, but can conquer them and uh, you, you think about it, even when Rome was, was destroyed, uh, it wasn't really the enemies that destroyed Rome, it was themselves. They were destroyed from within. And uh, let us be careful that even our own country doesn't do the same thing. And so he went forth conquering into conquer. So uh, it does look to, to be very much the, a description of the uh, Antichrist in verses 1 and 2. Second seal then. When he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast saying, Come and see. And so now he's very specific on this second beast. And, and in the line of description that we have them earlier, then we see that this is the calf or the bull, you might uh, uh, say. And, and the second seal then is war. And so now we see war is going to take place. And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Turn back to Matthew chapter 24 if you would like. And here in Matthew 24, in the first part of this, you, you can uh, see a description of the, uh, of the tribulation. In Matthew chapter 24, start with verse 6. And you shall, and, and this is talking about we're in the tribulation, okay? We, we are now in, the, the, in those seven years, okay? For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. The, the beginning of sorrows is that first half of the tribulation period. The first three and a half years is, is considered the beginning of sorrows. And then we'll see the uh, abomination of desolation, which then marks uh, the second half of the tribulation period that we'll get to later. 
Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And, and so here we see the turmoil that, that is being caused. And, and we see the war now that is breaking out and, and to take away the... Uh, to take peace from the earth, and that they would kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. This isn't a dagger. The, the word sword could mean dagger, but it can also mean a very large sword, one that you would go into battle with, that, that they would use and show um, the, the hand-to-hand combat that uh, was going to be taking place. And so showing that there is going to be a bloody war. And I think it would be a worldwide war. And here you, you start looking at this, and the Antichrist is, is wanting to conquer the entire world. He's not satisfied with a little piece of, of or one country or two countries. He wants the whole world. He wants to dominate and, and be a part of that. And so uh, he's coming in, and, and there was peace at the beginning, but now we see the turmoil starting, and we see some that have turned themselves over to the Antichrist. We see those that are fighting him, and, and now they're going to be conquered, and, and, and he's probably going to conquer some of them through the, the, the financial side of things. And, and now we see that the war breaks out, and now more and more are going to be dying, and, and the peace and the unrest continues to build. And then we get to the third seal, and we see famine. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Those, those balances were, were the scales that they would use to weigh out food. And so, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And so now you, you go back and you study in the history of this and whenever this was written and you find out that, that the amount that he's talking about, that was a day's wage. And so it was going to take everything that you make during that day that you, you will make to buy that, uh, the, the, the small uh, um, amount of food, that the measure of wheat for a penny. And so maybe enough to make a loaf of bread. And that's all you're going to get. And so they are, now we see the, the, the food is being rationed. And, and it says to take care of the oil and the wine. That were their crops. Take care of those crops because they're going to be incredibly valuable during that time. And, and people are going to, to uh, uh, I, you think about the devastation of, I, I mean, I saw, I saw something here not too long ago, you, you think about what people do on Black Friday to get a deal on a TV. What are they going to do when they have no food? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be sheer havoc. And, and can, I, can I tell you something? I am thankful that the rapture has taken place. I'm thankful that we as believers are not here for this because I, this is disturbing to me. I, I've read this several times, but as I studied it this week, I found this to be incredibly disturbing. I, I guess just because of what we've seen happen in the last three years in our in our world, and, and how easy it, it can uh, become chaotic like it is, and and 
uh, here we see that, uh, and, and honestly, the only ones that are going to be uh, eating of, of uh, anything of value are those who are incredibly rich and, and probably the, the, the main world leaders. And, and so we have the, the famine that takes place here in verses 5 and 6. Now we see the fourth seal in verses 7 and 8. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast saying, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed him. I, I don't want to confuse you, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. We'll we'll do a we can do a, a systematic theology study on on hell one of these days. But that word for hell here is the word for Hades, and so I I do believe the Scripture teaches us that there is a holding place for all non-believers today. Whenever they got, die, they go to hell, and it's Hades that it's talking about. If you recall, uh, there was Hades on one side, there was a great gulf, and then there was Abraham's bosom. And it was there that we know that Lazarus was at, and Jesus uh, uh, was in there with Abraham's bosom, and, and we know that, uh, and we also know that the rich man is still there in Hades today. I do believe that when Jesus Christ died on that cross, it says that he led them, the captivity captive. I do believe that it was that time that he went into Abraham's bosom. He empties out Abraham's bosom, and everyone is then taken into heaven. And so Abraham's bosom is empty, and there's still a great gulf, and Hades is still wide open and very full with every unbeliever today. And so we, and then we know that at, at the second resurrection, the second death, you can call it, those people will be raised up out of there at the great white throne judgment, and it's then that they'll be cast into the lake of fire, and it will be there that they are for all eternity. And so here we see that, that we have hell, and, and so a representation of, of death and a representation of hell followed with him. I mean, it was satanic what was going on. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with war, with hunger. Many people are going to starve to death during this time. And with death, the idea of this death, a fatal death caused by pestilence, and with the beast of the earth. How wicked is that? Even the animals are, are going to lose their minds and there are going to be wild animals that are, that are killing people during this time. I mean, it, it's just, uh, it, it's going to be a, a, an incredibly scary time and, and, and the wrath of God that is going to come upon them. And, and you look at this and you, and you give thought to this and, and what is God doing in all of this? What, what God is doing is really just turning them loose to do what it is that they've wanted to do. They think they want to rule the world. And so he, he, he lets the Antichrist loose and allows him to go after that. We see that, that uh, they, they fight with each other and, and now causing worldwide war. And, and, and then we see the famine that's caused by the fighting. And, and only a few are going to have food and the rest are, are starving. And now, now we see we've gotten to the point where not only are they, they starving because of the inflation going so high and 
And look at that. I mean, you can't but help think that we definitely have to be getting closer. I mean, you, you, you look at the price uh, of food. You, you look at the inflation that, that it is today. But it will be nothing in comparison to what we're going to see here. But I do believe that I don't think, I know, we don't need to live in fear. Whatever God has, then God has that. He could break out a great revival and, and do something fantastic. And praise the Lord for that. It may be the last day. So be it. Let's make sure that our household knows Christ as their Savior and, and live in confidence and boldness and knowing that our, we are on our way to heaven. But, but here we see during this tribulation period that, that there are going to be many who die by the sword, who die by hunger, who die by pestilence, and who are killed by wild beasts all the way up to a fourth of the population of the world. What's the population now? Eight billion, I think. Isn't it close to eight billion people? And so can you imagine the devastation of two billion people dying? And we're not talking in a very long period of time here. This is all taking place in the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And really, if you think about if there was a time of peace at the beginning of this, I don't know how much time there is. What, maybe six months of peace? And so we're, we're talking in, the first, in just three years' time, we're going to see two billion people die. Incredible. And then we open the fifth seal. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar... And we're not certain on what altar that is in heaven. Probably the altar of incense because it's the altar of incense that was represented the prayer of saints. And so, and here we, we know that it's the crying out of the saints. That, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. Now I do believe these are the the, the tribulation saints that are killed for their faith during the tribulation period. You, you ask, well, who would that be? We're, we're all raptured. Absolutely, we're gone. But there are going to be many who during that tribulation period are going to turn to Christ. Praise the Lord that, that there will be many. There will be many who will believe a delusion and will not be saved and absolutely refuse to turn to Christ. But there will be many who trust Christ as their Savior. And here we see that altered the, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Only reason that they're killed is because of their faith. And so we see the demonic spiritual battle that's taking place. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. So here, even insinuating that those who, who uh, had killed them are still alive. And so they are crying out for God to avenge them. You know, I, I know that in our society, and, I, and, and in the time period that we are, I, I know what we want to see is we want to see people trust Christ as their Savior. We, we want to see some of these who are so rebellious towards God. We want, we want to see God do something miraculous and, and save them and change their entire lives. I, I get that, and, and we should pray for that. But also, God knows, and, 
And for those who are, who are, what, what was that? He the, the, what was the heathenry that has our little video? Those who want to live in their heathenry, then God, stop them, destroy them, get them out, and 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 allow your word to flourish. And and uh, but but here we see that they're crying out for God to avenge them, and white robes were given unto every one of them. Isn't that good? The white robes of righteousness and. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until our fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. This is the verse that, that I've read so many times and it helps me to understand that God looks at death differently than we do. I mean, we, we, we so often, and, and it's rightfully so, we grieve for our lost loved ones. And we grieve so often on 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 how they how they ended their life, you know, and, and uh, whether it be cancer, or accident, or suicide, or overdose, or I I mean we we do we grieve over that. But uh, here I find it interesting that that you don't see God grieving. Why? Because they're coming to Him. I mean they 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 have that they have succeeded in in living a life of faith and 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 isn't it good here god doesn't remind them you know what you wouldn't have had to do this if you would have trusted me before the tribulation he didn't say that either he just he told them he said come and rest a while and by the way here's the robe of righteousness of christ and take that robe and rest for a season because there's still more of you that are coming he lets them be killed i i I mean people are always constantly how how can a how can a good god allow these things to happen well you're not looking at it the way god looks at it and and i understand and i don't look i don't like to go through that grief either and and none of us do but we also need to realize how god looks at this so differently than we do and here he allows them, but all they do is they come in and, and, they, then, and they go through a martyr's death and they walk into heaven. Remember what we said earlier about uh, a, a, a grand opening in, into the kingdom of heaven? Well, praise the Lord. How much better could it be than uh, give your life for your faith and for your Savior? And so here, he, and, and he says, you, you just wait here. And, and then we see the sixth seal being opened in the rest of the chapter, and this is the great day of God's wrath. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Can can I tell you something else? John Hagee is a false prophet, and do not listen to him. I I see him on TV all the time, talking about the blood moons, and talking about... Look, first of all, he's an immoral man, and he's a false teacher. Stay away from him, and, and don't listen to him, okay? You, you know, we, we, want to, we want to take this stuff and say by this third moon or this third blood moon or, or whatever, we know that this is the day, and, and anybody gives you a day when the rapture is going to take place as a false prophet. Jesus Christ himself said, only my Father knows the day. 
only my father. And so don't listen to somebody that wants to make dates. And, and so they make out the, the blood moon and all of this. You ever given thought that if you have a worldwide earthquake, think of the dust, think of the fire that's going to be taking place all over the world, and, and what is it going to do to the sky? I, I mean, we, we, we want to try to figure things out that God said, you will not know. And so just live soberly, live righteously, and live prepared for the day to come. And so, and, and, and he's the one that I always see talking about the blood moons. And I just, just want to smack him right upside the head with the Bible. <laughs> Tell him to read it for a while. <clears throat> but here we, we see that there is a great earthquake, and it's worldwide. And it's devastating, and, and, and uh, uh, great earthquake, and the sun became black, and and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, and and uh, we, we see that uh, the now we do know that some of the stars must fall, but not all of them, because later on in chapter eight we'll also see it again mentioned that there are still some stars. We'll see that there's still the sun, still the moon, and so that makes me think too that that it's probably the 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 dust and the fire and everything that that's taking place during that time and. And the stars of heaven that fall under the earth. Some some say it's stars. Some say it could be meteors. Some say that it could be satellites falling out of the sky. It could be uh, all of those. And some even say that it could be missiles that are flying across the country and landing. You know the the wars and the fighting and all of that. That I, I'm telling you, it's go, all it's going to be is complete chaos through this entire time. And so here the. Stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Isn't that amazing? Mountains will move. Islands will disappear into the sea. I, I mean, uh, the, the devastation of, uh, now you understand more of, of when, when God talks in the scriptures about how, how the earth itself moans and, and, or, or there's groanings in, in the earth today because of the burden of sin. Oh yeah, the, the burden of sin definitely affects nature today. And the kings of the earth, all those world leaders, Zing Pow Wow from China or whatever his name is, and Moonbeam Charlie in Korea and and, and all these other characters, uh, this is what's going to happen. And the great men, those of great reputation, the Bill Gates of the day, the Bezos of the day, and the, all of those that have worked so hard at becoming such, have such a great reputation, and the rich men, the very wealthy men, and, and the chief captains, the, the military leaders, and the mighty men, the, those great soldiers, and you know, we, we have some American heroes, but you know what I, I find is sad? That some of those American heroes, they may have died a hero, but they ended up in hell. I, I think that's incredibly sad today, but here we have all of those in society, right? But not only that, but every bondman, those who are slaves, and every free man. So now we have pretty much gotten to the point where we're talking about everyone upon earth 
hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Sometimes I, I talk to someone and I think, how in the world can someone get so hard to the gospel and be so hardened towards God? But then here we see there are people who will see the incredible wrath of God. And they're going to crawl into caves and be begging for the mountains to fall on them than rather repent in their heart, call on Christ to be their Savior, and trust the Lamb of God. They, they would rather just have the mountain crush them than deal with that. I think also, secondly, I think some of them are so terrified because they are terrified of the wrath of God. And they're going to cry out for God to kill them. You know what's sad about it is God won't kill them. Some of them are going to have to live through some great punishment and through some horrible things that will take place before they're, die, before they're allowed to die. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Can I say no one? But there are some. There are some that will be able to stand. It'll be those that have humbled their heart and called on Christ to be their Savior. But how incredible this is. This, this is just in the first three and a half years of the tribulation. That's crazy, isn't it? And it's just going to get crazier and get harder. And, and people will come to the point where they hate the Savior so much that they will gather up together to not just fight Israel, but to fight the Lamb of God. And that day of their destruction will come at the battle of Armageddon. And so let's take this and let's not be afraid. Let's rejoice in knowing that we will be in heaven, knowing that during this time that all of this is taking place, we're going to be going through the great we're going to be going through the bema seat of Christ and our works are going to be judged at that time and it's there that we'll have the 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 uh, uh, the Lamb's Supper of Life, and, and so those will be great things that are going on, but it's not going to be very pleasant here. So all I would say is let's compel our family, let's compel our friends to make certain that they know Christ is our Savior, and let's live for Him. And let us know that whatever comes this week, and all of the sabers that are rattling, and all, all of the world's leaders who, who think that they're they're accomplished enough to rule the world that, that, you know what, you just let them go on saying all that they want to. We just need to keep doing what we know that we're supposed to do. Let's live for Jesus and let's tell others about him and let's just see what God can do. And let's walk out of here being uh, encouraged by the power of our Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for Revelation 6, and as we see these scrolls are opened, Lord, help it to stir our hearts to be willing to tell someone about Jesus, and Lord, use us. Use every one of us to make an eternal difference in someone's life, and I pray your blessings upon us tonight. I pray that you take us and 
use us this week. Protect us, provide for us, and Lord, help us to walk in prudence uh, this week and be exactly what it is that you want us to be. Lord, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a good evening. If you can help set up for QAM, we would greatly appreciate it.